What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There was one girl, she was Scottish. This was partway through the second day. And I just, you know, passed her or whatever on the trail and kind of struck up a conversation with her like you do when you're on a long distance trail. It was this bright, sunshiny day. It was absolutely gorgeous. And she goes, I think Scotland must be drunk. Welcome to Jump Podcast, formerly known as the Budget Minded Traveler. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey guys, welcome back. We're continuing our series on hiking and trekking today. And I must say, this conversation that you're about to listen to got me so excited and inspired and dreaming about ways to make this specific trip trail happen in my own life. It was so fun for me. Um, So I hope that you enjoy it too. We're about to sit down with Lynn Neiman, who runs wanderyourway.com. Lynn is currently on a solo multi-month trip through Europe, which is actually pretty normal in her life. You're going to hear more about that. And a couple of years ago, she hiked a long distance trail in Scotland called the West Highland Way. And Scotland to me, when I think about it, has sort of a fairy tale aura about it. I've only ever spent a couple of days in Edinburgh, which was seriously just a tease, but I've dreamt about going deeper into the country and into the highlands and exploring and tasting and experiencing more of what Scotland has to offer. And we kind of get to do that today through Lynn's words and stories from her experience on the West Highland Way. So grab a coffee or a brew or perhaps a wee dram of scotch and get ready to visualize yourself in the Scottish Highlands. Today's episode is brought to you by CashSwap, an innovative app which facilitates peer-to-peer foreign currency exchange at airports. Did you hear that? Peer-to-peer currency exchange in airports. Uh Uh-huh. Check this out. Using the app at any airport, you can enter what currency you have and what currency you need. And then you can see available swap connections and their ratings, which means that CashSwap makes safety a priority. This app has similar profile setups to other apps that that have user networks where you can rate your experiences similar to, for example, couch surfing or Uber or something like that. You can see real photos of people and their ratings based on past swap experiences. Um, so by using the app, you can skip high fee monetary exchange services and receive the actual exchange rates calculated in real time. Pretty cool that someone is finally challenging the outdated and expensive status quo of currency exchange in airports. That's CashSwap and you can learn more at cashswapapp.com or find it on Google Play. They hope to be available on iOS soon. Our other supporting partner for today's show is Escape Camper Vans. They are the largest camper van rental company in North America with over 600 vans and 12 depot stations across the US and Canada. And each and every one of them is uniquely painted by artists in LA, which is pretty cool. They can sleep up to four to five people because the table and benches flip up to create a queen bed. And then you can add a rooftop sleeper as well. Plus they even have bedding and kitchen kits available for rent. So you don't have to come prepared with all of your gear. You can just rent 
and go. The vans fit into most tent sites and parking spots, so they are appropriate for off-the-beaten-path travel. And rentals start at just $37 a day in low season. And they're hooking us up with a 10% discount. So just go to escapecampervans.com slash jump and enter the promo code JUMP10 to get 10% off your first rental, which is pretty sweet. So thank you to Escape Camper Vans for offering that to us. I cannot wait to hear what stories come out of these vans. (laughs) All right, uh, Scotland, here we come. And Lynn will be our guide. All right, guys, I am sitting here with... uh, Well, actually, I'm not sitting here in person, but I've got Lynn Neiman on the line. Uh, Lynn, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And actually, where where are you? Because we are... <laughs> I made it sound like we're sitting next to each other and we're not. We're across the world. Um, where are you right now? I am actually in Rovine, Croatia. Rovine, Croatia. That's how you pronounce that? That's the one with the J on that the end is, of it, right? Exactly. That's how you pronounce it. It's yeah. Rovine. Okay. Or Rovino because it's actually very Italian as well. Ah, I kind of love that about Croatia. So is that closer then to the Italian border? Yes, it's very, it's very close. Okay. So, uh, you know, and it was actually, I think this, 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 it's part of Istria, which was part of uh, the Venetian empire back in the day. So it definitely has that Italian feel yeah, the town's lovely. It's a labyrinth of streets to get mm. lost and on. And yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's awesome. I um, Croatia, I think is, I mean, I, I know it's kind of like a hot place right now, but holy goodness, mm. the first time I went there, I fell absolutely in love in like 10 seconds. It took Where'd zero time. I, uh, I went to Split and okay. I did, this was like four years ago now, I did a bus about sailing, well, sailing, quote unquote, sailing trip, like a week on a boat, because we didn't even have a sail on our sailboat. It was like motored, but um, (laughs) it was, yeah, it was incredible. So I spent a week island hopping from, it was split to split. So we did like Millet, Havar, Makarska, Dubrovnik, uh, Korchula, (laughs) and went back to split. And then, um, from there, I went wow. east of deeper into the Balkans, like across for another week. It was amazing. But Croatia, that first night that I was in Split, I I heard so much Italian. It blew my mind because I speak Italian. And so I was like, this, this I can do, you know, but then you have you have like the Italian influence and the rest of the world. And yeah, oh, it's like and it's cheaper than Italy. It, it reminded me of kind of like a if you can have this like a hotter, dirtier, sexier Italy, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I like Croatia. <laughs> well, this is my first time in Croatia. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of dipping my toe in the water because um, I'm heading to Slovenia on Friday. Mm. So this is kind of like I said, I'm dipping my toe in the water and I know I will be back. And Split yeah. is definitely one of the places that I want to go. It's so, so beautiful uh, there. Yeah. Oh man, Croatia, yeah, so I'm, underrated. I'm actually going to be there later this year. I'm doing, um, I get to do a bike and boat trip with biketours.com. I don't know if you listen to those episodes of mine where I was doing these bike yeah. trips across like Austria and Portugal, but I'm going to be doing a bike and boat one in October. And I oh. am so excited about that. A, because I can't wait to get back on a bike, which is still amazing to me. Um, but B, because it's, it's again, we're starting in split, but it'll be different. Like it'll be different this time, you know, and it's so, I just, I can't wait. I would love to do a group trip there actually, just like that. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so you're heading, I know we're like, we weren't meant to be talking about Croatia on this one, but you know, that's where you are (laughs) and you're heading to Slovenia next. Have you been there before? No. No, oh, I have not. My so gosh. I'm starting in the capital. I'm starting yes. in, in Ljubljana. And then I've got about nine days around Triglav National Park. Oh, so my I've gosh. picked like two different areas to stay in around the park. So, like the southern part and then kind of over by the Bohin area. So, okay. yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Another hugely underrated place. Ljubljana, when yes. I first went there, was almost immediately like my favorite new capital in Europe. Like it's just, it's so quaint and cute. I mean, it's like this adorable little 
city with a river winding through it and a castle on a hill. I mean, it's like perfect. Yeah. It really is. And then yeah. Bled nearby is like straight out of a fairy tale. And man, that's I'm excited for you. What a trip. Where have you been on this trip? Um, so I was in the region of Piedmont, Italy mm-hmm. for a week. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Lago di Aseo. Um, for four nights where I didn't have really the best weather and my mm. poor hostess at the, <laughs> the agriturismo that I was staying, she was like, really come back. The weather is usually better than this in May. Oh, <laughs> sad. Still beautiful. It's still beautiful. You know, yeah. it was just kind of over. I felt like I was in, you know, Ireland or the UK, oh. but it was still beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I came over here. So, okay. and then after my time in Slovenia, I'll go back over into the northern parts of Italy. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the Dolomites. So, yeah. So I'm going to be um, the last place I'm going to be. I'm actually going to stay for a total of three weeks. It's a town called Castle Roto or Castle Ruth in German. It's mm-hmm. um, around the Albi di Susi. If you've ever been there, oh, I just love it. No, it's, I haven't. If I had a favorite place in the world, at least that I've been so far. That might be it. I've just, I've, I've been there twice for short stays. And this time I said, I'm going and I'm going to be location independent for three weeks. And Yay. Do work and yes. Oh, yeah. good for you. I hope the Wi-Fi is on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I hope so too. Oh, that well, sounds sure amazing. Too, so. Yeah, the Dolomites <laughs> is uh, one place I have yet to explore, and I kind of can't yeah. believe it. I mean, I lived in I lived in Piemonte in Piedmont that you just said for a year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been in Europe wow. so much, and I have yet to go to the Dolomites. It's like it to me. It is so close to the top of my bucket list right now. It's like, yeah, I I cannot wait it's to amazing. get there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple other questions then. How long total is this trip for you? This trip is nine weeks. Nine um, weeks. So, um, you know, I'm working as I go along because um, I have a travel planning business and I blog and I'm also a photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to stay in places a little longer, although I'm really not staying quite as long as I wish I had in places. Um, four or five days just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. A week, two weeks is a little bit better. Um, cause I do have to, you know, you want to go out and explore obviously, but then I have to spend time in front of the laptop as well. So of course, <laughs> sometimes it's a battle. Um, yep, so I speak that have, language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Having the discipline. So it's a pretty good trip and I, um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's the beginning parts all been new is on new places that I haven't been. Mm-hmm. And I will end the last like month will be places that I've been before, but I just want to dig a little deeper. Yeah. I love that. So. I actually, I really appreciate that too. I, I travel a lot like that. You know, I love going back to places that just feel comfortable for me that I, uh, mm-hmm. kind of relate to, want to stay a little more, feel like home. Um, I mean, I, that's like yeah. almost all I do these days. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I definitely can appreciate that. So then I'm curious, are you doing, you're doing all of this by yourself? Correct. Yes. Okay. I am. Are you, do yeah. you have a partner at home? No. Okay. No. So you're foot loose and fancy free and just I, I, out enjoying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very much so. Okay. Very much so. Where are you from? I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, and that's where I currently live. But Mm -hmm. I spent 15 years living in Golden, Colorado. Oh, all right. That's just down the road from Boulder. I spent a few months there a little while ago (laughs) at some point along my path. I lived there. I lived in Boulder the first, actually, the first two years I lived in Boulder. And then I moved down to Golden just because I started to work down there and made some friends there. So, yeah, just down the road. That's great. So do you travel a lot of the year then? Or how often do you try to get out? Right now, because my business is still kind of growing. And um, I'm not at that point where I can fully sustain myself with my business. yet. I am traveling maybe a couple months a year. But my goal is to eventually be maybe completely location independent. I don't own a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I live with my 88 year old father. Um, my mom passed away four years ago. So when I had moved back to Cincinnati, she was still alive, still doing fine. Two years later, she got sick. And two years after that, 
she passed away. Mm-hmm. So I had been living with them the whole time. And now it's like, you know, my dad kind of doesn't, he's like, you're leaving me alone in the house. Oh. He's a rock star at 88. My sister and my brother are still there. He has nine grandchildren and grandchildren-in-law and great-grandchildren. Wow. Everyone's yeah. around. So he's, yeah, yeah he's good. fine. Yeah. But <laughs> you I didn't leave like him high and dry for the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Not at all. He still mows the lawn, still plays golf. He's, he's good. At 88, he can run circles around, you know, people 10 years younger than him. So he just, it's just having that presence in the house. I yeah. know that that's what he misses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, my goal though is to eventually be gone more than I'm in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just la- like smiling as like, oh my gosh, I just, I just, I don't know. That's, I just so relate to that. And uh, I, I'm actually kind of on the other side of that now. I've like gone and I, not that that can't change tomorrow, you know, but just have, I, I remember that feeling of like, well, I need to get it set up, get out and stay out, you know? And yeah. And then yeah. I did it and you'll get there. You will. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's things are going in the right direction. So yeah, yeah. great. Well, good for you. Good for you. Thanks. Thanks. So <laughs> 10 minutes later. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Though. I mean, I'm glad we could kind of set the stage about who you are and where you come from and what you're doing, because actually this, it explains a lot about why, uh, why you're actually here on the show, because I wanted to talk to you about a specific sort of trail that you've done. Um, and you've, you have plenty of ex- of travel experience under your belt, which is awesome. Um, and I I have a a thing for hiking trails, like for long distance. Like I don't know, I love to hike. I love nature, and I think that getting out and experiencing like a multi day trek is such a cool way to experience a new country because of, you know, just the, it's, it's two things for me. It lights me up because I love being on the trail. So that's like, it feels like home to me, but then you're in a foreign place and you get to have all these extra, you know, different experiences with food and people and all these things, uh, drinks sometimes. I mean, we are going to talk about Scotland, so I'm assuming (laughs) there's going to be whiskey involved. Yes. But, (laughs) but yeah, so will you tell us, first of all, um, what was this, the, the name of the trek that you did in Scotland? It's the West Highland Way. The West Highland Way. So I imagine that's in the Highland region. There are five regions in Scotland and that one would be in the Highlands, correct? Yes. But I think okay. technically it's since it starts just north of Glasgow, I that part, probably the first day or so is probably not in the Highlands, but mm, I'm not okay. 100% sure about that. So do you access it from um, Glasgow then? You actually access it from a town called Mulgai, but it looks like Milngavi. <laughs> it's one of those weird Scottish oh, words. Like, yeah, that just doesn't look anything like the way it's pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Milngavi and it's pronounced Mulgai. Mulgai. All right. So I think they consider it, they call it sort of a commuter town of Glasgow. So you can easily like train from Glasgow up there. I mean, you could actually stay in Glasgow and then catch the train up there and hit the beginning of the trail that all in the same morning. You know, I chose to go ahead and stay in Mulgai the first night because I was actually flying over from I had been in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So I flew over and then went up and and stayed at one of the little B&Bs that was kind of right there in town. Oh, nice. It, it sounds kind of romantic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, uh, will you tell us a little bit about the, like the trail itself and why you decided that you wanted to do it? Well, I figured you might ask me that. So I've kind of been thinking about that, about like, you know, what prompted me to do it. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is I always, I, I've always been enamored, of course, with the Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, God, that's so long. Would that be what I would want to do for the first kind of long distance walk? And somehow I came across um, something called Hadrian's Wall, which is in mm-hmm. northern England, which goes across, you know, east to west in England. And it follows that was the far reaches of the Roman Empire back in, you know, like 50 A.D. 
And there's a trail across that. And I thought, oh, that would be really cool to do. And then somehow I must have just been doing research and this West Highland Way place came up. And I would say this was so I I walked it in 2017. And I would say this was maybe a year or so before that, so maybe 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I, it was popping up and I started to read more about it and I saw photos and I kept thinking, oh, this is it. I really want to go to, I hadn't been to Scotland. I really wanted to go to Scotland. And I thought, what a great way to see a new country mm-hmm. is by the trail walking through it, just like you said. Yes. So I knew I was probably going to go to Ireland, which is one of my favorite countries, um, in 2017. And I thought, well, I'm in the neighborhood. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so, um, why don't I look into doing it? And so I just had to time things out. I ended up walking it in early May, which was a, May's actually kind of a nice time to do it because it's before the crowds and before the little midges, the little biting mm-hmm. insect thingies that, that come out. So I just said, I'm going to do it. And because I thought I'm not getting any younger. And it was the, it's the perfect length. It's 96 miles. <laughs> I love that people, you think that's the perfect length. I wonder how many people out there are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had a few people go, you walk 96 miles. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot though. How many? Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so so, so you can so you can walk it in like, I'd say probably the average I think is seven days, which is what I chose to do it in. Okay. You can, you can do seven days, eight days. I think I met some guys who were doing it in five days. There was some crazy Kiwi young guy running it oh, in yeah. three days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound crazy, but it also sounds really <laughs> awesome to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like running, you know, yeah. well, almost like, yeah, running three marathons. Yeah. Back to oh back. my gosh. That's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I ran into, I think they were maybe a British couple, an English couple that were, they were a little bit older. They were taking 10 days to walk it, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. So, and there's so many ways that you can do it. I mean, kind of like the Camino, it's like you can camp. Mm-hmm. So you can put all that stuff and carry it on your back and camp along the way. Although it's Scotland, so more than likely it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't sound like fun to me. <laughs> um, you can, you know, walk along and then stay in kind of bunkhouse places, hostel-like places, or B&B type places, or small guest houses. You can carry all your stuff and still do it that way. Mm-hmm. You can have your big bag transported and then just carry what you need for the day. That's how I did it because I was traveling for a couple of months. So I had all my stuff with me and I wasn't going to carry everything with me, including my laptops. <laughs> so, right. so I I did the baggage transfer and I actually also decided to utilize a um, um, kind of a one-stop shop. So I had somebody kind of set up all lay out my plans. And because I was traveling by myself and I was doing it alone, it also kind of gave me that peace of mind because if I wouldn't have showed up at like my B&B that evening, they would have known I was dead on the trail somewhere. <laughs> yeah, or that you needed help. Yeah, exactly. Right, but they needed help. Yes, yeah. not to be, you know. Morbid, right. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I, I'm glad you said that, though, because when I was doing my bike tours, like I was by myself, like in Austria, for example, I was by myself. But because I had that support, it was like it was like ghost support. Like I never even saw the people. Well, I mean, I met I guess I met them on the first day, but like I never saw the people in the middle of the week that came and collected my baggage. My bags would just like disappear and reappear for me, you know, and I was totally on my own. But I had a cell phone number that I could contact at any time. And those people knew that expected me at the next hotel. And that gave me major peace of mind as a solo female. So I definitely appreciate you saying that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was was very important to me um, to have that. And, you know, and so then, you know, depending on how many days you want to, you know, do the total trail in, 
that will kind of then break down because there are sort of natural places that if you're that you would come to towns that there would be somewhere to stay. So, you know, in seven days, I had my shortest day, I think was nine miles. And my longest day was 19 miles. Mm -hmm. And so and most of them kind of fell in between. And, you know, the first day is, you know, is fairly easy, because you're just kind of getting out. It's pretty, it's pretty mellow. It's pretty flat. And I would say even most of it is there's not anything that's super, super steep or hard. I think a lot of people can tackle it without being like uber fit, like having to like tackle like some big mountains because you're not really ever doing a big mountain. Mm -hmm. And I just think you need to have the wherewithal of being sure of feet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, sure footed. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for because there are places where you're, you're around Loch Lomond over the course of about two days. And the beginning of it isn't so bad. So that's like the second day. The third day is what I refer to, and this is doing it the seven days. Um, and I think even if you were to do it eight days, it would be the third day. I call it the roller coaster ride around Loch Lomond because <laughs> you are right by the lake. It's all kind of rocky and it's up and down. And I was very fortunate that I did not see a drop of rain mm. in a week in Scotland, which wow, is un- what? unheard of. I know I had, there was one girl, she was, a, she was, she was Scottish and she's, and I remember she said to me, this was, I think, um, partway through the second day and I just, you know, passed her or whatever on the trail and just kind of struck up a conversation with her. Like you do when you're on a long distance trail. Mm-hmm. It was this bright, sunshiny day. It was absolutely gorgeous. And she goes, I think Scotland must be drunk. And I was like, <laughs> it was just her way of saying the weather, you know, this is not usual. And yeah, and that. So, um, <laughs> so, so I was pretty lucky. But th- like, as I was saying, this third day, that's the day where it's not, I don't know that it, it's somewhat physically demanding and that you just kind of have to, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of scrambling over rocks, especially for somebody like me, because I'm short, you know, I'm only five foot tall. So you know, mm, some of the steps yeah. were big, but it was more, you had to be thoughtful about where you were stepping because literally, like if you would have kind of slipped and fallen, you would have gone right, <laughs> right into the lake mm-hmm. and in a lot of places. So that would be the only place for me. And and I would say a lot of people, like uh, people that I ran into on the trail, we were all like, oh God, we're so glad that day's over. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah. But that was they, as challenging as it got pretty much? I think so. Yes. Um, I think the rest of it is is pretty, um, you know, the second day you, you kind of go up, it's called Conic Hill. You don't go to the top. You kind of go over what they call, you know, the shoulder of it. So that's probably one of your uphills that you have, but it's not bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've done any hikes up even smaller hills, smaller mountains, you can handle that. Mm -hmm. It's quite picturesque, um, actually, because you get, that's when you get your first views of Loch Lomond. Okay. Which is beautiful. So actually, I want to ask you about that. What is it that you see along this trail? Like what is the besides the perfect length of 96 miles? What is the draw to it? (laughs) You know, I think it's a nice, varied terrain. You know, when you start off, you're kind of just kind of going through more hmm, pasture land. And then, you know, that second day is you kind of come into and you're along Loch Lomond, you get Loch Lomond, then you start to see the mountains that are probably more up to the north the fourth day you start going towards Tindrum and I think it's the Tindrum Hills that you see. And then like the fifth day you go through, um, you really start to get even more into seeing more of those mountains that are up towards um, Glencoe and Fort William, which is where the trail ends. Mm -hmm. There's um, two moors that you go across. So Ronick Moor, which Interestingly enough, so this was, as you walk across Ronick Moor, which to me was one of those, you know, you go into that peaty bog land in places like Scotland or Ireland, 
and there's just this desolate beauty to it. I mean, there's hardly anything there. There's maybe some mountains and it's just, you know, later in the summer, it would be all purple with the heather. I was there too early. So it was still kind of, you know, brown and grassy and there's some little bogs and, and that um, in places. But it's just this desolate, kind of lonely, hauntingly beautiful places. Mm. Um, so Ronick Moor is, it's the old, um, it was a cattle road. The, the road that the, the trail part that you're walking on was the old cattle road from whatever that town was before there. I'll have to look that up. It's one of the, there's like three different I, I towns, but okay. you, it, it's the old cattle road that went to Glencoe. And that's how they would drive the cattle to Glencoe it was across that road and across that moor. And it's just beautiful that you drop down into, into, you're pretty close to Glencoe. Glencoe is like this really, really beautiful, like I would like to go back there. It's a really beautiful, like mountains. It's a valley. There's lots of hiking back there. And you kind of come, you don't go all the way to that. You're kind of on the edge of it, kind of on the eastern edge of it. Then when you go over the next one, then you're like, you go up what they call the devil's staircase um, outside of Glencoe, and it's not that bad. It's just a lot of switchbacks. <laughs> not um, as scary as it sounds. <laughs> no, not nearly. It's it's a, it's a slog. It's a slog of switchbacks, I would call it. Okay. And you get to the top, and then you have this view out into this valley and mountains, and there's some lakes, and you go down to Kinloch Leven, which sits right on the lake, and then on your last day from Kinloch Leven into Fort William. Again, you go through Larrick Moor, which is another beautiful moor. And then you start to go through um, and you start to see Ben Nevis, which is the highest peak in the UK that starts to kind of loom above you. And so it's just really varied, um, yeah. which I think is great. You know, it makes it really kind of unique. Yeah. And, and if you're lucky, you get the views that you did. <laughs> Otherwise, you get yeah. rain. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I tell you what, they, they tell you even in, in like the guidebooks that you know, going through those moors, you, if the weather at all looks like it's going to be really bad, you may want to think twice about it because mm-hmm. it's just, there's no shelter. There's, okay. There's no shelter, nothing there. So you need to be, you know, you need to be, you know, cognizant of what the, what the weather is going to be like. Yeah. I wish everyone would have the weather. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I know some people have been like, would you do it again? I'm like, heck no, because I would never have that weather weather again. Mm -hmm. Never. Uh Yeah. Anyway. So what kind of places did you stay at along the way? And what else was available? Like, was it like slim pickings or were you staying in villages or what did that look like? Well, most of the time, there were some places that were villages, like the first night or so. But then it really, they're almost, I would call them settlements. Okay. <laughs> so words, yeah, like a, like a mini campus guest house sort of thing. Like, yeah, you, you know, where there'd maybe be just a couple little places. Like yeah. I know at the end of the second day, you're staying on, um, um, you're staying in a town called, oh, if I can pronounce it, Rowardenen, because again, it's one of those weird things. <laughs> um, and you're, you, as you're staying there, there's like, I think there's like one hotel, there's some cabins, and I think there's a bunkhouse, and that's about it. So it is slim pickings um, in a lot of places. Some of them, there are more towns, like I would say Kinloch Leven, which um, for me was night number six. That's more of a town. There mm-hmm. were definitely more things there. Tindrum was the same way. That was the end of my fourth day. And that definitely had more, there were more things there. And in fact, I think there was even a main road that kind of came through there. So it would depend on where you were. And, and like the one place, I think it was the end of the third day, like normally I think most people would stay at Inver, Inverarnon, 
Inverarnon. Some of them, there's there's Inverarnon, there's Inverarnon, and all mm-hmm. these, there's all these I I towns. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, that they were booked up, so I had I kind of stopped a little sooner. And this was very at the very end of the or the very north end of Loch Lomond. And I had to take a a, fair, a ferry. It was actually just a little motorboat mm-hmm. um, that took me across the lake to a town over there to stay called Ard Louie. OK, so they and that's where it's nice to have somebody set this up because they'll know that if you can't if there aren't accommodation options in one place, they'll know to put you somewhere else. Right. And it'll make sense. <laughs> yeah. Something right. close by yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is helpful. But, but mostly I was staying in, you know, I, I stayed more in like little hotels or guest houses. Yeah. Um, I am not one to sleep in a room with other people cause I'm a light sleeper and same with me. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it was worth it to me to, to maybe pay a little extra to have my own space. And plus, you know, for me, because usually I was trying to pull out my laptop and do a little bit of work. Um, it was just nice to have that, that quiet and have my own space to do that in. Absolutely. Um, I totally relate to everything you just said. (laughs) That's me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm past the days of bunkhouses whenever I can help it. Cause I just don't sleep. I just don't. (laughs) So can I ask you a couple of logistical questions just to kind of set the sure. stage a little more here? Wh- okay. I have so many, actually. I, where do I start? First of all, do you mind if I ask you your age? I'm actually 53. So 53. Okay. Yeah. And did you see people like, what? who did you see along the way? Like who was doing oh this? My God, <laughs> people that I would not have imagined <laughs> doing this. Seriously, all kinds of people. In fact, I remember it breakfast the first morning. So before I was even taking off, there was a group of four people. And I think three of them were Australians and one was English. And then the Englishman was definitely older. The other three, there was two men and a woman. And I guess the, and the one man and the woman mm-hmm. were married. And I, I just kind of looked at him. I thought, oh, they can't be walking the West Highland way. And sure enough, they were. Wow. They just... That, you know, for whatever reason. Now, there were two other ladies who got the nickname of the gazelles. They walked <laughs> the trail in six days and they were Kiwis, I think, again. And they like were uber fit. And I'm like, oh, they're definitely walking the trail. And when they told me they were doing it in six days, I wasn't surprised because okay. they yeah. looked like they were walking the trail. But really, I mean, I saw all kinds of people that just, I saw people that just surprised me we're walking it. And then I saw other people that definitely were, you know, they'd done things like this before. Yeah. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. All ages. Mm-hmm. I think the nice thing too, is that you will also run into a lot of the Scots people, Scottish people who are out there just doing a part of it for a day hike. Oh, and yeah. You know, so, and, and, you know, you stop and have a conversation with them because obviously they're incredibly nice people. You tell them that you're doing the whole thing and they're like, oh, good for you, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, and just lots of encouragement. I mean, and I saw people from, I met a few Americans, but only a couple at that time of year. Um, I met more people like from English, Scottish, German, Australian, mm-hmm. New Zealand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who did you book this through? Like, do you have, or can you name um, a couple of companies that you may have looked into or who definitely, who did you go with? Because uh, just for future reference. Yeah. I actually went with Walker's Ways, I think is the name of it. I'm going to double check that. I know Max Adventure is a big company that they do a lot of setting these up like they do the Camino they do a lot of them around the world oh, okay and I'm trying to think there were a couple places that I contacted but Walker's Ways actually I think it's maybe a very I'm pretty sure it's a small small business when she contacted me back and gave me the rate first of all her rate was better mm-hmm. and secondly 
she, her name is Lynn spelled L Y N N E, just like me. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I you like, wanted to work with her. <laughs> this. I'm like, you are the person I'm going with. And she was fabulous because she only sets things up for the two. Um, she does the Rob Roy, Rob Roy way, which is also in Scotland and the West Highland way. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, I'm all, I'm a big supporter of small business and especially for women. Yeah. And local, especially local too. That's great. Yeah. So Walker's Ways. Okay. Uh, She's great. Yeah. And her price is competitive. So can I ask you about that? Like, because I know that you, you decided to pay more to stay in a little bit nicer places. So obviously you can do this way cheaper than what you did, but, um, do you mind sharing like ballpark what it costs you for the seven days that you were on the trail? I'm you trying know? to remember. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to have to quote it in British pounds as what it was at the time. I want to say it was maybe between five and 600 pounds for the week. Okay. And two years ago, that was probably yeah. like eight or $900 dollars, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was somewhere around there. I mean, so, I mean, you know, it was definitely, you know, a hundred dollars a day or so, but your baggage transfer alone, I think is like, was like 35 pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good deal. Like that's, you're being taken care of, you know, and there's so much of the effort that's taken out of it for you, just like doing the legwork and making sure you have the right itinerary and that your hotels are booked and you're not being put out. And you know, the, was your food included with that? usually breakfast. So breakfast would be included, but dinners were usually on your own. Um, What did you do for lunches? (sighs) Did they pack your lunches? You can can get those. Um, You can pay for them. But I'm not, I'm a really, I don't eat a lot on the trail. So I drink a lot Mm -hmm. of water, but I do, you know, so I actually loaded up. I had in Mulgai, where you start, mm-hmm. where you start the trail, there were a couple of like little markets in there because it was this, you know decent size enough town. So I went and I got you know any type of like energy bars, um, dried fruit, trail mix, and I just munch on that. Okay. And to be honest, there were actually places along the trail where you could stop for lunch. Oh really? <laughs> and in fact, yeah. And in <laughs> fact, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, we're just stop for lunch," and I'm like, "Who stops for lunch?" Oh. <laughs> I have to keep walking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm the type of person that I just, I need to keep moving. That's just, okay. that's just what I am. So right. I will maybe sit somewhere um, because I'll stop and take a lot of photographs because of being a photographer. So I'd rather stop, <laughs> I'd rather stop and take photos than stop and eat. So, um, <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> But there are places that you can stop along the way, believe it or not. Um, okay. Not on all parts of the trail, but on definitely some legs of it, you you can. That's good to know. Okay. Sounds like you could make this a pretty comfortable walk if you wanted to. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think that, you know, and I think that's kind of how things can be in Europe in particular. Um, so many of the trails, I mean, like, you know, from everything that I've heard, you know, the Camino de Santiago is kind of that way is that, you know, you're, you can, you're coming into town, so you can always stop and like mm-hmm. get something to eat or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So as far as the places I stay, you know, they weren't, you know, a couple of the places were a little bit nicer. One time I got, a, I got an upgrade on the room because the, cause they didn't have the room key. I was supposed to have some, you know, kind of basic room and they're like, Oh, we can't find the key. So we're going to give you, they were expanding the place. I got like a brand new, I got like a brand new room. Oh, darn. Yeah. Oh, darn. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a mixed bag as far as, you know, the places, you know, the one place I stayed was kind of, you know, pretty basic little single, single room, single bed, you know, kind of an older place, but you know, it was just nice to have that hot shower. And yeah, have definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so when you end, then um, do you just grab a train or something back to what's the near, like, what did you, where did you well, so you end in Fort William, which is a pretty sizable town okay. um, in that 
um, western part of Scotland. Um, and in fact, it's probably a good Fort William is actually kind of seen as a pretty good jumping off point to go and do a lot of active things in um, around that area. There's a lot of hiking and, and that that you can do just day hikes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a decent sized town and it does have a train station. So you can train. I think you can train all the way back to Glasgow. I took a bus up to Inverness because I was going further on in Scotland and I was going further up into the Highlands. <clears throat> okay. But but there is a train. And in fact, for those who, people who might be Harry Potter fans, <laughs> the Harry Potter train goes from Fort William up to Malig. And that's what I did the next day. That was how I rewarded myself. Oh. So it's an old steam train mm-hmm. and it, it goes through, you know, more beautiful scenery. So, yeah. I, yeah. I think everybody can picture that train right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> that sounds like a fun reward. Yep. It was. My feet were tired though. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Do you, uh, do you have any particularly memorable meals or drinks or anything that you, that you, that you had <laughs> along the way? Well, I think I probably had some a wee dram of whiskey a wee dram of, <laughs> a wee dram of scottish whiskey just about every night and a lot of times i would just ask wherever i was what they would recommend and i remember after the second day so this was staying um in the settlement of roardenen i asked there was a young girl behind the bar and i go so i'm looking for you know a, a, a little whiskey she goes well here why don't you just smell them? So she, she, mm. she breaks out the bottles because, and you know what, though she was right, because the smell will be indicative of whether or not it's really a peaty one, yeah. if it's more mm. fruit, um, whatever you, whatever you kind of get on there. And I know her coworker, this guy was kind of like, really, you're having her smell the, the bottles. Oh of man, I would love to do that. Yeah. I know it was great. So she pulled out, so I kind of told her some things I might be looking for. So she pulled out a couple of different ones and, and there I was sniffing whiskey bottles. And <laughs> as far as meals, gosh, that's actually a really good question. I know after that third day, the roller coaster ride around Loch Lomond, I ate a lot because I think <laughs> I was just so, it was like I was physically and mentally exhausted so I had like an appetizer. I had, I think I first, the first thing I did was I got my, my dram of whiskey and I sat outside by the lake. And then when I ordered dinner, I had an appetizer. I had a full meal. I had a glass of wine. I think I even had dessert. Wow. You earned <laughs> so, it that day, huh? So yeah, I just, I think I was just kind of like, yes, I earned this. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did, I had the whiskey every, I think just every night. I think I had might have been one night that I didn't, but I think, yeah, pretty much every night I had something. That sounds brilliant. I have, yeah, I've long dreamt of doing a long distance hike through Scotland. Uh, and I, in my mind, it's a, it's a Scotch whiskey trek <laughs> because I want to learn how to appreciate whiskey, you know, and I feel like there's no better place to do it than Scotland. And yeah. And that would make it so fun for me to just go and try different whiskeys and go to different distilleries. And um, yeah, there's actually like you kind of did that. Yeah, I did. You know, and I just kind of asked, you know, like, you know, what do you recommend? What's this one like? What's that like? I mean, they'll they'll tell you. I mean, they're, you know, most of them are pretty knowledgeable about it. Um, But on the first day, there actually is it's the Glencoin distillery. And it is actually right off the trail. And because the first day is only maybe like 12 miles, and like I said, it's pretty flat. It's just kind of going through pasture land. A lot of people go over to the distillery. I mean, you have time. If you start Mm -hmm. off early enough, you could go over to the distillery for a couple of hours, maybe take a little tour, Mm -hmm. do a little tasting, and then, you know, come back on the trail and then get to, um, I think the first stop is a town called Drimmon. I think some people did. I didn't. In hindsight, I wish I had, 
but you know, um, I knew I was going to be getting plenty of <laughs> playing more <Yeah>. whiskey. <laughs> like, cause I also had more time, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Scotland beyond, beyond that. But yeah, um, I, I can't recommend this trail enough just because I think it's, I think it's doable for so many people. I would say if you're a complete novice on trails, maybe not just because of the day around Loch Lomond, Mm -hmm. Um, that would be kind of dicey if it was raining. And I know that there would be, I I mean, I saw some people, I saw some, a couple that had their baby and one of those baby carry the back, you know, like a backpack baby thing. Yeah going through that section and they, and like the man who had the baby was like on hands and knees. Oh my gosh. That's intense. Yes. yes. So wow. I mean, there, yeah, there were spots and I thought, Oh, they should not be out here with that baby in this, in this section. There were, I mean, all the other sections probably would be fine for, you know, hiking and having, you know, taken a baby that way, but not this section. And it's the, it, it, it's the only part of it that I would say, somebody who's brand new to like that really maybe hasn't done some hiking, it would not be good. I actually did some rock climbing when I lived in Colorado. So I felt like, because if you've ever done any kind of rock climbing, sometimes the the approaches or the hikes to the, the base of the climbs, you can, there's some scrambly places that you can get to where you're over like slick rock and things like that. That came in handy for me mm-hmm. when I, out there. So, um, but anybody that's done any, you know, sort of hiking would be okay with it. But as yeah. a brand new novice person, I would say no. Or with a baby on your back. <laughs> or with a baby on your back. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Or, you know, somebody that's maybe, um, you know, even a little bit older that might kind of, you know, struggle with that. I know some people, I don't, I don't hike with trekking poles. I just never have. Mm-hmm. But those people that had them said, I'm really glad I have my trekking poles <laughs> during that section. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, for me, I don't, they might have, it might have helped me a little bit. But um, like I said, it, it's just kind of in, in every guidebook that on the, the, the West Highland Way will say that's the most difficult part. Okay. So, okay. And it's not, like I said, it's just, it's sometimes there's a little bit of scrambling over rocks and you just have to be aware of where you're stepping and paying attention to where you're going. Yep. So no texting and walking at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Put your Instagram away for a minute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Any other um, like must do's or pieces of advice that you say are important for this trail? Well, I would say no matter what, have your waterproof gear with you no matter what. I mean, even though the forecast every day was perfect, I always had my rain jacket and my rain pants with me mm-hmm. and my shoes were, um, you know, a water, a wa- waterproof trail runners. I'm not, I don't wear hiking boots. So yeah, we're um, so alike. We're so alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've gotten blisters from them. I am a trail runner. I've had plantar fasciitis too many times. I've you know run a couple, been a runner and a couple marathons and everything. I have to wear specific types of shoes mm-hmm. to keep my plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. at bay. So I am a trail runner sneaker person. Yeah. Me too. So the other piece of advice I would have is just make sure that you do have, you know, good boots or shoes, whatever, you know, get what works best for you and that you have them, you know, somewhat broken in, you know, get out of them a few times. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would just say, don't race through it. I mean, I, you know, I think about some of the people who were doing it in five days or six days and it's so beautiful that you do want to stop and take that in. So don't, don't race through it. You know, in some ways I wish I had done it in eight days, just so I could have maybe just even kind of had a little bit more time, but Mm -hmm. I, I wanted that challenge of that 19 mile day. I kicked that challenge, but (laughs) yeah, good for you. (laughs) Nice. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I wanted to prove to myself that I was 51 at the time. I think I wanted to prove that I could still like go that far in a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I did it. So awesome. that, that made me happy. It's just really beautiful. And you know what I would say is 
then take the time and go back um, or stay somewhere. Like once you're finished, um, stay up in Fort William, come back down to Glencoe, um, go back down towards Loch Lomond and, you know, maybe really spend some more time at those places that you walked through, but maybe didn't have time to really, you know, enjoy. Yeah. That's an interesting piece of advice, actually. Yeah. Kind of double back and, and, Mm -hmm. and revisit and take it slow. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you could, because like Loch Lomond is, is pretty big and there's just, there's all kinds of little settlements, um, and towns along the lake. You know, if you want, you can get out and you could take a little cruise on the lake you know, you could, if you're still feeling adventurous and not too tired after the walk, you could probably go out and kayak or canoe on the lake. So go back. There are even a couple of things that you can do. There's Ben Lomond is around the Rewardenan area. And that's one of the, the bends, the peaks that you can hike. So you could go and do something like that. And then a lot of people, and I met one guy that did this after they're done, when they finished in Fort William, because from Fort William, you can get to Ben Nevis, which, like I said, is the highest peak in the UK. Some people go and they do that afterwards. Oh, okay. Every yeah. They go up and they and they hike that peak. Okay. Right from Fort William. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, in, in Fort William's right on, I can't remember what lake that is, but there's another lock there. So you could certainly spend time there and, and delve in more. So... Mm-hmm you know, it's a great way to to see Scotland is to walk on the West Highland way. But, you know, if you want to go back and delve in deeper into some of something that you, you know, walked by or walked through, then make that time, you know, go back and spend a couple of days in one of the towns that you went through. Right. Well, this is so cool. This has been really fun. Thank you so much for sharing so many I don't know, visuals. I feel like I just got to go like on a little adventure and I feel like I just added something to my list and (laughs) Scotland is so beautiful. I've only ever spent like two days in Edinburgh and I, I mean, it was like mystifying. Like I, I've always wanted to go there to, to Scotland itself, but just, I mean, even just being able to go to Edinburgh for a couple of days blew my mind. It was even more than I ever kind of imagined it would be. The whole place felt like a castle. Like it, it's just like yeah. kind of magical and and also so steeped in like it's it's kind of crazy dark history and I don't know, it's yeah. just so interesting and I really want to explore more of the country. So this was a particularly fun for me. I hope everybody else enjoyed it too. But so Lynn, if anybody wants to follow you, where can they find you online? Um, so my website's wanderyourway.com. It's W-A-N-D-E-R, like not all those who wander are lost. And Facebook, Wander Your Way. Pinterest, Wander Your Way. Instagram, Wander Your Way. Yeah, Twitter, Wander Your Way. I'm probably most <laughs> okay. active on, on Facebook and Pinterest at this point. And, you know, there's a blog, a new blog post every week at the wanderyourway.com um, backslash blog. Every week I'm writing about something new, maybe where I am right now, Mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of reviewing places that I've been. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for, um, everything about Scotland and back to Croatia and Slovenia and the Dolomites now. Um, yeah, safe travels. (laughs) I hope everything goes well for you. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep in touch. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jackie. Thank you. All right, there you have it. What did you think? Are any of you guys out there dying to walk the West Highland Way after that? (laughs) I am. I can't help but smile and dream about doing it myself. I think it sounds amazing. And to be honest, I've been dreaming about leading a group trip through the Scottish Highlands. I think all of my daydreams these days are group trips because I'm I'm, I'm a little over traveling by myself, but... I, I seriously have been thinking about this for a few years. In in my daydream, it's it's called the Scotch Whiskey Trek <laughs> uh, because I really want to go and hike through Scotland and drink whiskey. I think it sounds awesome. Learn how to drink whiskey. Learn how to really appreciate a good scotch. Um, so, hey, you never know what might come of that idea. Anyway, I hope that it was enjoyable and inspiring for you guys as well. 
Thank you so much for being here. And you know what? I'm going to ask something that I haven't asked in a very long time. Um, will you guys do me a little favor and leave a review for the show on iTunes if you haven't before? It really helps the show out to get regular reviews. Um, so I appreciate any and all honest reviews. Together, we keep this show going and I love hearing your thoughts about it. So if you do have a minute or two to leave a review for me, that would be most appreciated. All right. Thank you guys again. And I will see you right here in the next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.